Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see you all gather out this Harvest Sunday morning. It's good to see our church well-filled and packed uh, as we join together in worship with, with one another. If you're visiting with us, you too are very welcome. And if you're joining online via our church app, Facebook Live, listening later on maybe on YouTube or listening through our CD ministry, you too are equally very welcome. And we trust and pray that you enjoy our time of worship together. On your behalf this morning, it gives me a great pleasure to welcome Mr. George Mattelland back into our pulpit again. George is indeed a frequent visitor and no stranger to us, so welcome back, George. Uh, sometimes George and I happen to meet up at Whitehall at the Senate half in Lumpen, so uh, we do meet on occasions over there uh, at Remembrance events. So it's good to see you, George, and we look forward to hearing uh, what uh, the Lord has led upon your heart for each of us this uh, Harvest Sunday morning. I just have a number of announcements to go through. I'll try to be as quick as I can uh, and just uh, note a few dates. So midweek will recommence in person this Wednesday evening at 8 o'clock in the church hall. It'll take the form of a prayer meeting and our time scale for that will be about 8 o'clock to 8.45. So 45 minutes and we will try and manage things as best we can in accordance with the regulations. GB returns this Thursday evening on the 7th of October. So uh, look forward to seeing GB back in action again here. A lot of work has went into our youth organisation to make the preparations for face-to-face uh, -face contact again. And BB returns on Friday the 15th of October. So keep both these organisations on your prayer list. Uh, they do need uh, prayer at this time. It's, it's a daunting task uh, to bring young people back together again in these strange and difficult times. And even though they're in school together, uh, within youth organisations, within the church environment, you will get children come from different schools. So there's a wee bit of a challenge in keeping that and monitoring that situation. So bear that in mind too. And we wish both captains every blessing as they commence again. PW will return uh, to face-to-face -face meeting again on Wednesday, the 19th of October. And the good news in relation to Sunday school, we had a good Sunday school teachers meeting on Thursday evening, and the plan is to recommence with Sunday school in November, the first week in November, DV. Now, it'll be run in parallel with uh, church time, so uh, the children will leave church, go out to Sunday school at about a quarter to twelve, and they will remain there for the, the remaining part of the service. We will be looking for volunteers and helpers because we have reduced numbers of teachers this year just through marriage and people leaving uh, to the likes of Bethany going off to a different congregation. So if you're minded to help out in any way within Sunday school, uh, please speak to Mark on it. There will be a meeting probably this week again. And we're going to try and organise a router system whereby one or two people... Uh, don't lose out on going to church every Sunday. So we're trying to make it sure that people get a fair opportunity uh, to be in church fellowship each week. So get in touch with Mark or indeed myself if you want to add your name to the volunteer list. Could I on your behalf thank everybody who's been involved in the decoration of our church in preparation for this morning's service. Uh, there are many, many people involved. I will only name two because I don't know everybody involved. Well, thanks to Marge and to Beth. Uh, for the coordination and to bring in, uh, it all together. It's just something great to see, and it's good to be back in church again this harvest time. 
church uh, will reopen tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock uh, for the collection and distribution of flowers and fruit. And just finally, a couple more announcements to make you, but lad, it's nearly over, George. Uh, thanks to George and Elizabeth Dawson for kindly volunteering to look after our shoebox appeal. Uh, Mrs. Elaine Elliott from Case Bridge Presbyterian Church uh, is coordinating the uh, shoebox appeal right across the presbytery and throughout the area. So thanks to George and Elizabeth for looking after that. Can I just encourage folk to think about the shoebox appeal? It's always done very well here within the congregation and we'll be providing more information about that through a video in about a couple of weeks' time. Uh, but keep the shoebox appeal in mind and if you want to be part of that and contribute to that, now's the time to start thinking about buying your gifts for the shoebox. But speak to George and Elizabeth and they will get you the detail on that. The Men's Fellowship will recommence next Saturday with a walk to Castwell and Forest Park, meeting at the coffee shop at 10.30. So men, if you fancy a dander in Castwell and you're free, we'll see you at half 10 next or Saturday morning. Next Sunday morning, the 10th of October, our speaker will be Mr. Glenn Mitchell, who is the director with Tear Fund. So we look forward to welcoming Glenn here with us next Sunday morning. And it be good to see um, everybody back to church again next Sunday morning for that event as well. And finally, it is with sadness that I have to announce and record the passing of Mrs. Sadie Foote, mother of Margaret Todd and mother-in-law of Raymond Todd at Drumlock. Mrs. Foote's funeral took place here to the church graveyard on Wednesday past. And on your behalf, I extend our heartfelt sympathy to Margaret, Raymond, and the entire Foot family circle. These are all the announcements I now hand you over now to George. Thank you. Thank you, David, for your warm welcome, and good morning to everyone here and to those who are listening on your various uh, apps and bits and pieces. You're very welcome to join with us uh, as well. And if you can, sing along with us in the worship that would be great. Just to say and uh, appreciate the floral displays and the uh, displays of fruit and vegetable right from outside, right, right through the, the, the sanctuary here. Just thank you very much indeed for making the effort and for reminding us of God's goodness and God's creation and God's provision. Uh, and we do appreciate that very much indeed. Well, let us worship God. The wor these words are found in Genesis chapter 8. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. And so we come to give God thanks for all his goodness. And we stand to sing, and you put your masks on for the singing of that. Come ye thankful people, come.
And let us unite our hearts in prayer. Let us pray. Our Father God, as we come to this morning, we want to bless your holy name for all your goodness to us. We thank you that we have already been reminded from your word that while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. And we want to bless you that that promise is true and you have kept that promise so far. And we want to come and have our hearts to be thankful for all your goodness to us. We'll be reminded shortly in another passage of scripture of just how good you are, how majestic your name is. We thank you that you are the creator God. Your presence is as the wind, the breath and the sustainer of life. We are grateful for, ev- for being part of your beautiful creation. Those rugged mountains, those hills that we see around us here, those rolling plains and uncultivated deserts in this world. We want to thank you for the birds of the air, the animals and the fish of the sea, for purity of water and air and healing medicines that remind us of the need for holy virtue in life, physical and spiritual. In your holy mystery, you have revealed that we are God's children, a wonderful mosaic of humanity with different cultures and heritages. We have a work yet to do, to work for truth, to work for equity. We pray that we might always be found faithful, reflecting your love, cause light to overcome the darkness of the world through your Son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Our Father God, we know that when humans no longer show God's image, all creation suffers. It's no wonder that our world is as dark as it is at this moment. When we abuse the creation or idolize it, when we are estranged from our creator, from our neighbor, and from all that God has made, we know, our Father God, that just the the badness of this world comes to the fore. We want to come with thankful hearts today, but we want also to come to confess our sins. And we ask that as you are the God of mercy, we know this week we have done things against you and against each other. We have harmed the planet and its creatures. We are truly sorry, and we ask for your forgiveness. Help us to walk in the way of your love. Our Father God, we pray that the reality of Jesus dying for us, the plan of salvation that you set in place, we pray that we will hold that close to our hearts today so that we will know the assurance of your pardon. We pray, our Father God, that as our world is broken and scarred, 
we know that it still belongs to you. We thank you that you hold it together and that you give us hope. With the whole creation we wait for the purifying fire of judgment. That first hymn reminded us that indeed that judgment day is coming when the wheat and the tares will be separated. Then we will see the Lord face to face. God will be all and in all. Righteousness and peace will flourish. Everything will be made new. And every eye will see at last that our world belongs to God. We thank you for creation. We thank you for making us. We pray that we will walk in the image of God. And that we, as we wait here now, would cry out in our hearts, Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come again to us in your might and your power. And we wait for that day when Jesus will appear before all. And we ask all of these things and pray your blessing to be upon us and the forgiveness of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Derek McDowell is coming to read the first passage of uh, scriptures to us from Psalm 8. Derek. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies who silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Amen. Thank you very much indeed, Derek. Robin, you fire up there, number one. Well, uh, coming again to some books of the Bible. Um, is there one before that, Robin? The... the the Gen 1. Do you see it there? Sorry. <laughs> ah, that's okay. Right. Okay, there's a... There's a for, well, this first book of the Bible, I mean, you don't need to ask me which book it is, but it is Genesis. And Genesis is the first book in the Bible, it's the book of the beginnings. The big endings, okay? The beginnings. The beginnings when God brought everything together and he said it was good after every day that he made the, the stars, brought the stars into the heavens and he set the sun and the moon and everything else, the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and everything as he gathered the lands and the, the seas were uh, part of the lands, 
at the end of every day, God said it was good. And we're glad that God made the the world uh, as it was. And of course, we read that in Genesis, Genesis chapter 2. And on the uh, seventh day, he rested. And then that seventh day has turned into our Sunday. Uh, when Christ rose from the, the grave, he, he rose on the first day of the week. And the, then Christians kept that first day of the week as the day that was holy unto the Lord. And so uh, we have the seventh day rested. It is our first day uh, of the week. And we rest uh, in, in, in God and we restore and uh, get some uh, care given to by God to us as we come to worship him. He ministers himself to us through the word and, and everything. But God made the world in six days and he rested on the seventh. The beginnings of all things, Genesis reminds us of the beginnings. Then we'll go to the, the one that you had up. And this is, what do you see, just folks, what do you see here? Yep. Somebody singing. What, who, who's, who's singing? Uh, palm tree, okay, right. Palm tree is singing and anything else, yes? The palm tree is praying, yes. And it's so it, this is the book of Palms, Psalms, okay? The book of Psalms, it tells us how to worship. Uh, and the two pillars of worship are singing praise unto God and praying uh, to God as well. And so we're, that's what uh, worship is about. We add in the, the word of God to reveal himself to us. But aspects of worship are to sing unto God because singing lifts our hearts. Singing takes us out of our own situations. And the, the words that we can sing just to remind us of the beauty of God, of the magnificence of, uh, uh, that God has, uh, is in his character and what he has done for us. And also we come and we have, we have, been, we have done these two things already in this uh, act of worship uh, this morning. We have sung our first praise and we have uh, prayed already, uh, asking, uh, thanking God for who he is uh, and coming before him and uh, looking for uh, forgiveness for our sins and the scriptures knowing that we are assured forgiveness when we come before him. So the book of Psalms is about praising God, worshipping God, and we do that in uh, songs and prayer. The next one then, is there a third one there, Rob? Yep, you're coming up okay. Yes. Doesn't that, doesn't that buddy who has the bell bars, doesn't it remind you of me? Oh, doesn't it? All those, what are you shaking your head for? All those muscles rippling underneath the shirt here. No. Okay, so we've got E fishing. 
and e-fishing has caught somebody who's doing a bit of bodybuilding. He has a hat on, and I'm not too sure. Oh, well, that's just a fishing hat, isn't it? I see he's got some uh, flies or something, hasn't he? Fishing flies to catch things. Uh, and uh, there's a worm on the bell bars as well. So this book of the Bible is e Ephesians, e fishing, Ephesians. And Ephesians is just about, and we're going to be reading uh, from it in just a moment or two. Ephesians is all about bodybuilding. Now, it's not about this bodybuilding. It's about the church, God's people, bodybuilding. And we'll look at that uh, in, at the, in, in a few moments' time. But the book of uh, Ephesians, Paul writes to the church there saying, you need to build yourselves up spiritually. Bodybuilding is what you, you need to do. Togetherness, uh, unity, with one voice, praising God uh, and declaring uh, what God has done for you. So the book of Ephesians is about spiritually bodybuilding. And it's a small book. It's a tiny book, tiny letter. But it's a good one to, uh, to look at every now and again. So Ephesians is uh, that particular book. So we have had the, the beginnings of God's creation and we started the service off by that in uh, Genesis chapter 8. And then we have had Psalms, the book of worship, and we um, have been doing that uh, as well. And we'll be looking at, in a few moments' time, the whole thing about bodybuilding. That is just great. We're going to sing um, now, It Takes an Almighty Hand to make your harvest grow. Stand and put your mask on, please.
sun and snow there are, and in this plan we learn his reason, his nature and eternal power. It takes an almighty hand to make the harvest grow. It takes an almighty hand, however you may sow. It takes an almighty hand, the world around me shows. It takes the almighty hand of God. Took his hand to carry an almighty hand, the world around me shows, it takes the almighty hand of God, and in his hands there is perfection, that in this land we Lindsay Gracie is coming to read uh, the book, the first chapter of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, 1 to 22, and this is on video. Please look at the screen. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1 to 22. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted 
as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with his with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times could have reached their fulfilment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. You And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. For this reason, even since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love of all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and the incomparably great power of us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given not only in the present age but also in the one to come and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church Amen Thanks to Lindsay and to Derek for reading scripture we pray together let's pray our Father God as we come with our prayers of intercession we want to give you thanks for the offering that Uh, folks have brought this morning to be given to the work of of the church we pray our father god that as we have remembered and recalled your goodness to us our offering this morning will will shine through will reflect how much you have loved us and that we would love the church and give uh, of our, of our goods towards uh, the work of the Lord Jesus Christ over all the world. So we thank you for that. We want to thank you indeed for the congregation during the, the, the vacancy. We pray that you would be with the elders 
the Vacancy Commission as they uh, think and pray through uh, this vacancy. We pray that you will lead and guide them, our Father God, to the one who you have already uh, put into place, but the folks still here are still searching, still praying about. And so, our Father God, we thank you that you already know who will come here to minister. We pray that in due time, at the right time, you will reveal that to the leadership and to the congregation here. We do pray for the families who have been bereaved over these recent days. Our Father God, we, we continue to pray for the, the McNeely family, that you would be with them. Father God, as they suffer the loss of, uh, of John, we pray, our Father God, that you would come near to them and just fill their lives with the comfort of Scripture and from the comfort of knowing that we can go to be with you forever. And we think of the the Todd family and the, and the Foot family. We ask our Father God, especially for Margaret and Raymond, that you would be with them during these tough days. And we pray that you would bless them and undertake for them at this particular time. We pray for those who are led aside because of COVID. That robs us of strength. And we pray, our Father God, that you would be with those who are, are facing uh, the awfulness of this uh, virus at the moment. We pray, our Father God, that you would be to them a strength for today and that you would encourage their, uh, their bodies just to know that bit more strength in each day that you give to them. We want to pray for those who are sick and receiving treatment. Our Father God, that is just a, a, it's just a part of life at the moment. We, there are so many people who've been set aside because of cancer. And we ask our Father God that you would be near to the folks here who are, who are just in that situation of facing the treatment that lies ahead. Think of folk who have uh, maybe going to find out this week, receiving some sort of announcement that they will also face treatment. Give to them an inner strength to cope with it all. Pray for the lonely that you would be with them. Granted, our Father God, that they might have that comfort that as they even listen to this service in a variety of ways that the church is uh, able to set up for them, we pray, our Father God, that as we include them today in our prayers, they might know the sense of being part of the body of Christ here. And that we do remember them. And that the folks here are concerned for them. 
So be with them in their loneliness. We pray that the Spirit of God may identify with them today and give them just a a heart that will be thankful that they are being missed and that we do know that they're not here. Father God, we pray for our General Assembly that will meet this week as uh, in assembly buildings in person. We pray for the moderator, uh, Right Reverend David Bruce, as he leads the assembly through all the stages of debate and discussion. We pray for the representative elder from this particular congregation as uh, he would go to be with that assembly to make uh, right uh, decisions and listening to all the debates that go on. Holy Spirit, keep us together uh, with with focus and we pray that your work would be done and that we would be a denomination that would gladly tell of Jesus and his work and his love for all. So pray, our Father God, that you would just bless us for uh, this week and lead us. And our Father God, we want to thank you for our farmers. We, uh, we would pray that you would bless them. May they, uh, may they be thankful that they've gathered in the harvest, that all things have been uh, well, even though that this COVID is still with us, that the crops have grown, the animals have been fed, and everything that you have brought into being, Father God, you have blessed it for another year, and we are thankful for that. Be with our farmers. Be with those who go uh, out to sea and uh, do the fishing for us, so that Uh, as we would pray for the the harvest of the sea as well. Grant safety in in all aspects. We pray your blessing to be upon our farmers and upon our fishermen and grant your presence to be with them each and every day. So we ask our Father God these things in and through the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing again and we're going to sing Bringing in the Sheaves.
And before we come to look at God's word, let us pray. Send your spirit among us, O God, that as we meditate on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, prepare our minds to hear your word. Move our hearts to accept what we hear. Purify our will to obey in joy and faith. This we pray through Christ our Saviour. Amen. My thanks to Margaret for her choice of hymns and for providing the music this morning. When God made everything, he made everything good, as we have just reminded ourselves from Genesis, uh, that book that is the book of beginnings, and it shows God in, in all his might and majesty as to how he wanted the world to survive. It was good. But then very shortly, it was all marred by the things that Adam and Eve got up to. And down through the years then, the downfall of mankind has been sustained because we are like Adam and Eve and have broken the relationship with God. This letter, when written to the people from, uh, of, of Ephesus, for mostly it was written from a, a prison by Paul when he was in Rome in and around about 60, 62 uh, years after Jesus was born. Paul writes other letters in or around this time. Uh, there are the, the letters to Philippi and Colossae and Philemon. And all of them really are prison epistles and would be maybe known as that uh, if we're taking a whole study of, of uh, Paul's letters in that direction. Paul's purpose for writing this letter was to get, to, uh, to get them to get their first love back again. The people in Ephesus, we know from Revelation chapter 2, we know that the, the people there had succeeded in keeping out false teachers. But they had failed to love as they first loved Christ. In Revelation 2, 4, we, we have this. But I have this against you, says John, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Well, it's good to remember, and we have been reminded over these last number of months that uh, Northern Ireland has uh, celebrated 100 years of uh, being in, in focus, in, in situ. And it's right that we do so, that we tell our children and our children's children about those days that we had to go through the turmoil and the pain and the, the trouble that all that was and you remind the folks with the names here written on the tablets uh, you remind them of the people that once were here but because of the troubles have been taken from us destruction and death God brought us through all of those things 
and it's good to be in memory and remind ourselves of what God has done for us. And he has brought us through COVID. We never thought that a thing as small as a virus could do such damage, not just to us, but right across the world. And God is still on the throne, even though COVID is still changing its shape every now and again. And the battle goes on, but God is still on the throne and we need to tell our children of those days. We need to remind them. And we need to remind our children why we have a harvest service. Because God has sustained us. God has provided for us. God has shown us his way. We have blotted it by our sin. We have separated ourselves from God. But we remind our children that God has been faithful. God has been good to us about the abundant harvest and how he still provides for us. This wonderful letter to the Ephesians allows us to be thankful and to remember where we maybe once were. Paul was made an apostle of Christ. We're told that in the opening uh, verse of this letter uh, to the Ephesians. And that means that to be an apostle of Christ meant that you were spoken to by Jesus. You had that direct contact with Jesus. And of course, for Paul or Saul, it was his conversion on the road to Damascus. How that sinful life that Saul had, he had that confrontation with God, with Jesus, on that road. And from that time, his life was changed. And so he became Paul. He took that new name. While Paul did say yes to Jesus, It really had nothing to do with him. And he reminds his readers of this. Paul is an ambassador of Jesus. He says, through the will of God, change was brought into the life of Saul by God's planning, by God's changing his life. As an apostle, as an, uh, an ambassador, you are commissioned to represent the, the king or the, the head of your country. And so Paul was uh, representing the king of kings who was sending him forth to bring forth this message of hope. This, the ambassador Paul goes with the full authority of the God of heaven. Uh, uh, to speak about the grace of God in his life and to challenge others to know that uh, grace in their own lives and to follow that great God and the example uh, and follow the example of the sacrifice Jesus on the cross. And that is how it is with us also. The process is no different. 
even though we live well over 2,000 years now after Jesus and Paul. The world is modern, the world is fast, the world is seemingly smaller and more high-tech than what Paul would have uh, known. Yet we still need the the grace of God in our lives to, to change us so that we walk with Jesus the way that Paul did in his life. He writes this letter to the saints who resided in Ephesus. The saints are those folk who have been set apart for God's use. They are part of the church universal. It is Christ's church. And so the saints are the people here on earth, the body of Christ, uh, and there are other names, the building of Christ, the bride of Christ. There are, are other names for the the saints who dwell on earth, who represent Christ here to present him and his salvation to others. Paul is writing to these saints so that they recollect what God has done for them in Christ Jesus, to remember the grace that he has given to them and that Jesus has died for them. They once walked in those ways, but have lost their first love. The people have found salvation in Christ, and in him alone, by grace alone. This is a a circular letter. It would have done the rounds. It would have been passed on. However, it comes to Ephesus first. After all, it was an important strategic city in Asia Minor. And Paul confirms to us that these people who have found salvation in Christ, he says, they are the faithful in Christ Jesus. The believers in Christ Jesus. Not in Adam or any common God's found in Ephesus. And it's good to know, it's good to see how people back then had discarded uh, a trust in the things of Adam and not just trusted the gods that appeared on the the, uh, sides of the streets or on important buildings. It's wonderful to see where these folk uh, are in their, their spiritual lives at, at one time. These dear for, folks, as Paul says, he addresses them as in Christ. And there's no better place to be in Christ. We belong to the denomination the tradition of church government that is Presbyterian. We, you live in Rathfryland. So you could say, first of all, you're a Rathfrylander, um, even though you might be a blow-in of 50 years or whatever like that. But you might say, also say that you're a Presbyterian. 
But what Paul is saying here, first of all, we must identify that we are in Christ. That should be the first secure position for any one of us to know and to say. What else follows on? But our first love should be Christ himself. And Paul uses in Christ or in him quite frequently in this letter. And if you have a closer look at these first, uh, these first verses, Paul uses the, the phrase nine times. Christians have their very life, their beginnings in Christ, and that is so important for us. In verse 2, Paul writes, Grace and peace to you. What an opening for any letter to be read. This is not like the normal Greek letters around in those days. The author would have used a very common greeting. But Paul here is very careful in his opening words in this letter. Grace, expressing God's steadfast love toward those in that city and peace shows the relational state that flows out from experiencing the grace of God and Paul simply writes down for the people in Ephesus how good God has been how the church must praise him for all his spiritual blessings people like them should enjoy day by day now, Paul's not a purist, as he, as he is writing here. Instead, he's, he's keeping a tight rein on his sentences. There should not be more than, listen up, kids, you should not have more than any eight words in a sentence when, you, when you're writing a, an essay in school or a composition or something. You shouldn't have more than eight words in your sentence. But Paul loses that completely in this particular letter because he just goes on and on and on and it's a lengthy sentence to us to read uh, verses 3 to 14 5 to 23 and then and he continues on these big sentences he has just flowing with the grace of God he's flowing with how God has been so good to the, these folk. It, he is just full of it. And he's so excited that these folk do know that and have followed in their ways. They haven't put their trust in the, the gods that surround them in their city. Before, uh, as we look at these opening verses, We've got to say to ourselves, what is the connection here in this uh, link that we have? We mustn't uh, miss out the important links that we have here before us. And once we get the link, then it will have an immediate effect upon us as we live out our lives before our families and before our friends before our school friends and before our work colleagues. These opening verses, 
It's no less than Jesus Christ himself is the connecting link for these folk. He says, an apostle of Christ Jesus. To the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, I am an apostle of Christ. The readers are themselves in Christ Jesus. And the grace and the peace and the mighty eternal blessing comes from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So easy to read over these words and allow them to float clear out of our minds and we could miss the importance of this message from Paul himself with every sentence that he writes and every word that he puts down on the parchment with every breath that he breathes. Paul is compelled to bring Jesus Christ to the notice of the people who are reading his letter and, in effect, then to put it into their lives. Without Jesus Christ, the church will not march forward. Without Jesus, we will continually be defeated by our sin and by the accuser. And there are many names for the accuser. There's Satan, there's the evil one, there's the devil, there's the father of lies. The enemy of God will try to confuse us, will try to uh, bring the shyness forward in our lives. And rather than talk about Jesus, we will talk about ever, anything else. Paul gets it so right here folks and right at the very beginning of looking at this particular letter of his he puts Jesus Christ right at the very centre of all that he is and he ever hopes to be Christ in our lives to bring about the change in our lives to take away the sin from our lives by his grace. That grace that we do not deserve, but God brings upon us because his son, Jesus Christ, has made the sacrifice. And that our lives need to know today. Paul says, Jesus Christ has to be first and foremost. And I'm wondering whether at this harvest time, when maybe this is maybe your first time out since COVID, and you've looked at the services, but you thought harvest time would be a good time to come out, to give God thanks. But folks, if we're not putting God first in our lives, then we are being hoodwinked by 
the very father of all of lies, the enemy of God himself. Paul says, Jesus Christ needs to be first and foremost in your lives, the people of, of Ephesus. And I'm wondering, could this letter be written to First Wrath Fryland? This letter, if it had been renamed in Revelation, would John have been prompted by the Holy Spirit to write to the churches and say, you've lost your first love. You put all the effort into decorating beautifully the church here. But this is, this is just a screen. This is just a, a loveliness. But in our lives that we live day by day, does the screen, does the, the beauty of all of this decay? Take these flowers and look at them at the end of the week and they'll be dead. They'll be bruised because they're not connected to the living plant. They've been cut and severed. And indeed they have lost their first love. For you folks, have you lost your first love? Was it a way back in a childhood that you did give your life to Jesus? But now work has crept in. You're so, so busy with the family. And Jesus is down the list of your priorities. If that's the case, then this letter is for you because you have lost your first love. And we come to recognize just how much God has loved us in creation. But we're reminded of how much he has loved us by giving us his son, Jesus Christ. Have you lost your first love? I pray that you'll rethink things today as you go home, as you enjoy lunch together. You'll think rethink over and talk things through and you'll come to a knowledge that with Paul that everything must depend on Jesus and he must be the centre of all that you do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this first letter is just so important for us. We want to thank you for telling us the extra story about the, the people in Ephesus through Revelation and how they just have lost their first love. They did things so well. Outwardly, they were doing okay. They showed certainly um, efforts of following you, but inwardly, they had lost their first love. you hadn't become so important to them. And so our Father God, want to thank you for bringing this letter to us today. 
and reminding maybe some of us that once we were much keener about Jesus, we were out and out for Jesus, once we would have been at the prayer meeting and things have slidden and we're no longer found over there. Heavenly Father, help us to put things right. We pray by your Spirit it will be put right and that we will respond to your word and to your prompting this morning that Jesus Christ becomes first and foremost in our lives. Amen. We stand bring praise to God. Great is thy faithfulness.
to him who is able to keep you from falling, to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Saviour be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord be before all ages, now and evermore. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen. Is it you who puts that up there? 